0: Good morning, in today's headlines, another candidate joins the crowded field. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie announces his run for president.
1: Mike Pence becomes the first former vice president to challenge his former running mate. Hear reactions from voters on the growing field of 2024 presidential candidates.
0: Evacuations continue following the devastating collapse of one of Ukraine's major dams. Towns and villages are flooded and there are fears the water level could rise further.
1: The culture of tipping in the United States is moving into more industries. Tip screens even appear at self-checkouts now. Learn more about a trend some are calling tip creep.
0: And see the newest addition to Chicago's Field Museum, the world's largest predatory dinosaur.
1: Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan.
0: Good morning everyone. I'm Evelyn Lee. Today is Wednesday, June 7th.
1: Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie has an interesting
0: story. That's right. He was a a Republican governor in a Democratic-leaning state.
1: Right, and Democrats controlled both chambers his whole time in office.
0: He's known for working well with leadership on the other side of the aisle and making compromises.
1: And at the same time, he built up charter schools in the state fighting teachers' unions which tend to lean more Democratic.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see how well Christy fares in the race. But now, some headlines from around the world. A 19-year-old male was arrested following a shooting outside a high school graduation in Richmond, Virginia yesterday. The man, who was armed with four handguns, allegedly killed two people and wounded five others. The suspect is believed to have known at least one of the victims. He is now facing two charges of second-degree murder.
1: Police are investigating after Boston Mayor Michelle Wu was involved in a car crash yesterday. The mayor was reportedly driving in a police cruiser with activated lights when the driver ran a red light, crashing into a car at an intersection. The car was reportedly carrying a mother and her child. No injuries were reported.
0: Authorities in New York, Toronto and Ottawa yesterday issued health alerts over air pollution caused by early wildfires. The worst air quality was recorded in Ottawa, indicating a very high risk. Smoke from the fires turned the city's sky a misty orange colour. The province of Quebec is the area most impacted.
1: Evacuations continue following the Kakovka Dam breach yesterday. Thousands of people fled after water flooded their homes in southern Ukraine. Both Russia and Ukraine have accused each other of causing the disaster. The United Nations warned of grave and far-reaching consequences for thousands amid fears water levels could rise further.
0: Russian health authorities reported yesterday at least 30 people have died and dozens more have fallen ill. They reportedly drank cider, which contained lethal amounts of methanol, also known as wood alcohol. Russian media reported that authorities detained one of the people producing the drink. The charge is causing death by negligence. Authorities ordered the withdrawal of the drink from sale.
1: British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak arrived in the United States yesterday. Sunak is on a two-day visit and is set to meet with business leaders, members of Congress, as well as with President Biden. It's the Prime Minister's first visit to Washington since taking office last year. The British government said Sunak will advocate for deepening economic ties between the two nations. The crowded GOP race for the White House officially has one more candidate. Former New Jersey governor and Trump critic Chris Christie launched his presidential campaign last
2: night. I intend to seek the Republican nomination for president of the United States in 2024, and I want your support.
3: Former New Jersey governor Chris Christie announced his bid for president during a town hall on Tuesday in Manchester, New Hampshire. He filed formal papers with the Federal Election Commission earlier in the day.
2: And I thought to myself, why do I continue to get this feeling that America, for the first time in its history, is getting smaller? And what I concluded is because we've had leaders who have led us to being small. Small by their example.
3: Christie has been a vocal critic of former President Trump. In his speech, Christie criticized both Trump and President Biden for dividing the nation, and he said he's not afraid to directly confront Trump, arguing that he's the only one who can stop him. Christie served as governor of New Jersey from 2010 to 2018. He ran for president in 2016, but dropped out after placing sixth in the New Hampshire primary. Christie went on to become a close off-and-on advisor for Trump before breaking with him over the 2020 election.
0: Former Vice, U.S. Vice President Mike Pence is formally launching his campaign for president today that will be at a town hall event in the early voting state of Iowa.
1: Pence filed paperwork for his presidential campaign in 2024 on Monday. NTD's Jeremy Sandberg has a look at what Iowa voters think about his chances in the GOP field.
4: Former Vice President Mike Pence set up a historic challenge to his former boss when he declared his presidential campaign this week. He'll be the first VP ever to issue a direct challenge to their former running mate. The 2024 GOP candidate will speak to voters at a campaign stop in Ankeny near Des Moines, Iowa on
5: Wednesday. If Pence would come out and say some level-headed things, he might stand a chance.
4: Pence joins a growing field of Republican candidates, which includes former President Trump, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, U.S. Senator Tim Scott, and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, among others.
6: I think Pence has a really, really great heart, and I think he's very intelligent. But uh, I, um, the whole pool is probably one of the best pools I've seen for candidates ever.
4: Some voters feel Pence distancing himself from Trump would be a good move if he wants to win.
5: I think he needs to uh, distance himself from quite a few of the Republican candidates if he wants to get votes from normal people.
4: Pence has condemned the January 6th breach at the Capitol and says Trump was wrong to ask him to overturn the election. He called Trump's words reckless and an endangerment to his family and others at the Capitol.
6: I think a lot of them think that he didn't do right for trump but we don't know what happens behind the scenes right there's politics is politics
4: only six former u.s vice presidents have been elected to the white house including president biden who is running for a second term jeremy sandberg ntd news
0: we'll be live streaming pence's iowa campaign event today on our website you can find it at ntd.com slash live it starts at 1 p.m eastern time
1: with the GOP field continuing to grow, Republican voters have a wide range of candidates to choose from. Here's what voters in Manchester, New Hampshire, had to say about some of the 2024 presidential candidates.
4: It's exciting. There's a lot out there, a lot of uh, Republicans. I think a lot of people are uh, kind of discouraged with Trump being the front runner, And uh, it's going to be exciting for the, uh, for the GOP this year, for sure. I'm on a fixed income and I work part-time and I'm not making it
6: very well. So I want somebody in there that's gonna help the people and never mind corporate America that are just greedy people, as far as
5: I'm concerned. And uh, I kinda like Trump. Trump might have been a womanizer, but he got things done. That's the reason why I like Trump. That's who I'm voting for.
6: When he was in before, although he caught hell The whole four years, and I don't even know why he stayed the way people treated him, I lived a lot better. And I thought he did a lot for this country, because he's not a politician. He's a patriot.
4: Nikki Haley, I think, very, very strong candidate. Um, I think it would be cool to have a first woman president. Um, I like Nikki a lot. Um, I don't think uh, Pence is going to have much of a chance.
0: I just didn't really like what Donald Trump did last time, but,
1: you know, maybe Donald Trump will be different this time. But, you know, who knows? We'll see where it goes. Coming up, Florida is pushing back at accusations of kidnapping and false imprisonment in the case of illegal immigrants flown to Sacramento. And Americans owe $1 trillion in credit card debt. Will it get more expensive to have that debt? We have the answers after the break.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Florida has reacted to the case of three dozen illegal immigrants flown to Sacramento in recent days. State officials confirmed to entity the migrants volunteered to go to
1: California. NTD's Daniel Monahan has the video they provided to back up their claims.
3: The video starts out with a group of people filling out forms and others happily riding in a private bus with music playing. They can then be seen on a private plane. And upon landing in California, one man gives thanks to God. (inaudible) The illegal immigrants were asked by a policewoman about their treatment. (inaudible) 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 And one man expressed his gratitude. Uh, Thank you for my room. My life in the street
1: is very, very heavy.
3: Florida officials told NTD that the transported migrants wanted to go to California and gave verbal and written consent. They say a contractor ensured they made it safely to the Catholic Charities NGO, which is used and funded by the federal government. Florida says such transports have been organized by multiple so-called left-leaning mayors. They cited New York City Mayor Eric Adams' transport of 340 migrants to other locations in the state and former Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot's transport of migrants with one suburb alone receiving 100 individuals. California Governor Gavin Newsom tweeted on Monday, insulting Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and saying, This isn't Martha's Vineyard. Kidnapping charges? And attached a section of the California Penal Code while Attorney General Rob Bonta discussed potential repercussions on CNN.
6: We are uh, looking at the possible possibility of criminal uh, liability, including kidnapping.
3: Meanwhile, those in Sacramento are just getting down to the business of helping out the new arrivals. In related news, a Texas sheriff's office says felony charges, including unlawful restraint, have been filed surrounding illegal immigrant flights from San Antonio to Martha's Vineyard last fall. Those were organized by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. The investigation was launched in September by Bear County Sheriff Javier Salazar. The sheriff is a Democrat endorsed by the liberal Texas Organizing Project. The project opposes the deportation of illegal immigrants and supports the end of mass incarceration. Officials didn't say who was charged. Daniel Monahan, NTD News.
0: Merck Pharmaceutical Company is suing the U.S. government. It says Medicare's new program allowing price negotiation is a sham. However, the Biden administration says it's confident it will succeed in the case. Here's White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre.
7: President Biden took on Big Pharma in legislative process and he won. The president's going to continue. He's never going to stop in putting forward legislation or policies that's actually going to make sense for American families, make sense for our seniors, make sense for Americans who truly need health care. So that's just not going to stop.
0: Merck's lawsuit argues that the Department of Health and Human Services has too much power to impose its preferred price and there is no actual negotiation involved. Americans pay the most in the world for prescription medicines. The SEC is suing Coinbase. This comes right after the agency sued Binance, the world's biggest
1: crypto exchange. And this is just the latest in SEC Chair Gary Gensler's big crypto crackdown. What's his main complaint with Coinbase? Entity Sean Marshall has more with
8: expert analysis. The SEC is suing Coinbase, the second major lawsuit against a cryptocurrency exchange in just two days. The agency sued Binance a day earlier. SEC Chair Gary Gensler says Coinbase illegally operated as a securities exchange without registering with the SEC. Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong responded that there is no clear rulebook about crypto. He says the SEC is taking a regulation by enforcement approach that's harming America. SEC Chair Gensler addressed this complaint on CNBC.
6: There's been clarity for years. The investing public has the benefit of the U.S. securities laws. Crypto should be no different. And these platforms, these intermediaries uh, need to come into compliance and protect the investing public.
8: The Coinbase CEO argues that there's no path to come in and register. He says he even repeatedly tried to. He also says the SEC and the Commodity Futures Trading Commission have made conflicting statements on what is a security and what is a commodity.
7: You're dealing with complex digital asset products. And the truth is that the legal and regulatory framework that exists today, it isn't well shaped in order to both support innovation and development of the industry, as well as to balance that with consumer protection and market integrity.
8: Gabrielle Kuz is the CEO of the Global Digital Asset and Cryptocurrency Association. She formerly worked at the World Bank. Kuz believes cryptocurrencies are new technology that aren't regulated well by old securities laws. And as a result of Gensler's regulation through enforcement, she's seen hundreds of crypto firms leave America. But even though crypto is a new technology, much of it still functions like an old-fashioned security.
7: The reality of how it's being used by the average person and the average investor on a day-to-day basis is they want to go onto Coinbase, they want to invest $1,000, into one of the various cryptos, whether that's Solana or Ethereum, and they're hopeful that the price will go up.
8: John George Eris is a partner at Warren Law Group. He's been working with the SEC on securities-related issues for the past 10 years. Aris says crypto has the potential for more widespread application, but mostly people are just buying it and hoping the price goes up, and therefore they need protection. Sean Marshall, TD News.
0: Americans owe $1 trillion in credit card debt. It's been climbing continuously, except for a dip during the pandemic. So how did we get here and will it get more expensive for Americans to have that debt? I spoke to an economist. Joining me now is Pete Earle, an economist at the American Institute for Economic Research. Good to have you, Pete. Credit card debt has been climbing now for a while, every year, except for maybe a dip during the pandemic. Now, what do you think is driving that and how do we get
2: here? There's a couple of reasons why, um, why why credit card debt has been rising so much. I mean, uh, it was already pretty high before the pandemic, but since the pandemic, there's been several factors which have really pushed it up. Um, One is that a lot of people experienced job losses, reduced work hours and business closures because of the lockdowns and the other political responses to the pandemic. Um, The pandemic also brought for many people unforeseen circumstances, uh, medical emergencies, uh, sudden bills they didn't expect. Um, There was uncertainty. Uh, when the lockdowns uh, were put in place and that led a lot of people to deplete their savings and then have to rely on credit and uh, just a number of other factors like that. I, I mean, another thing I, I have to mention is that, you know, the rise of inflation over the last year has driven up the, uh, the interest rates on those credit cards. So it's a whole bunch of factors which has led to this uh, record amount of debt that we see today.
0: Now, what does that mean for our economy then if that means that so many people are in debt?
2: So, we're already seeing individual bankruptcies uh, climbing, they're up 18% year over year at this point, point. Um, and there's likely more to come, unfortunately. And it's also worth mentioning that there's a sort of a snowball effect here, um, as people either have to pay more to keep their credit cards uh, paid up, and uh, as uh, people file for bankruptcy on the other side, uh, that puts a lot more uh, pressure on firms. And uh, if we see a rise in firm bankruptcies and that sort of thing, I mean, it, it all snowballs towards a slowing economy.
0: Do you think in the future that this will get even, the debt will get even more expensive? Where are we headed there?
2: So credit card rates have risen. Uh, They were about uh, 16, 17% before the pandemic. They're now hitting an average of 22 to 24%. Um, In terms of debt, I mean, I think uh, credit card companies will continue to offer it. I mean, whether or not people pay it uh, or or take on more debt is another issue. But I think we're also going to see some recriminations politically. Um, Consumer protection measures are already looking to cap late fees. And um, if that happens, I mean, that will in the short term address credit card debt but uh, in the long term it means that those firms will probably find other ways to charge their more creditworthy and their more uh, paid up customers so um, i think it's a little bit of a shell game it's going to go from one place to another
0: hmm. now what are your tips for people looking to get out of credit card debt do you have any advice there
2: well i mean it's difficult because uh, it used to be that people t- undertook a lot of credit card debt to pay for um, extraneous things like going out to dinner, maybe vacations, and that. But during the pandemic, a lot of people began taking credit card debt just to make their their uh, you know, their standard bills, mortgage, groceries, that sort of thing. For people who are still doing that, it's very hard to tell them to get out from under it, um, or how to. But I guess the most the biggest thing is to keep a budget. Um, keep on top of their costs, um, you know, look to swap to uh, places where they might be offered lower rates, and just, uh, you know, cut uh, cut any discretionary spending they can. I guess that's uh, pretty straightforward, but, I mean, that's usually, that's the typical advice for these circumstances.
0: Thank you so much for the, your insights today, Pete Earle. I appreciate it.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: The culture of tipping in the United States is escalating rapidly. The days of standard gratuities for waiters, bellhops, or valets are long gone. Now American consumers are being asked to tip at self-checkout machines. Entity's Andrew Thomas reports on the trend that has left some consumers feeling guilty and others annoyed.
5: Many Americans are now being asked to tip in unexpected situations, making it less obvious when and when not to leave a gratuity. Some call this trend tip creep. Now consumers are getting prompted to tip self-service screens too.
6: One of the worst examples I've seen is self-checkout, and when you're being asked to tip. I've actually seen this myself at airports, for example. I think that's one that really takes people off, Um, but I, I feel like there's been a lot of tip creep in other situations as well.
5: Do you tip for a cup of coffee? What about a gratuity at the airport newsstand? or does the trend come down to a simple business decision?
6: I think there's also been a trend of businesses trying to push costs onto the consumer. So if they could get more customers tipping, they don't have to pay their staff as well, or in some cases, maybe this is even offsetting some of their costs.
5: Another concern, where are these tips going? Are they actually going to employees, or are they getting pocketed by unscrupulous managers and executives?
6: Tipping is supposed to go to the employee, but like that self-checkout example, who's that really going to? I mean, is that just feeding the business's bottom line? That's a concern that some
5: people have. Guilt can make customers feel compelled to tip, and consumers seem to be leaving gratuities despite their irritation.
6: I think there's an interesting divide between People being annoyed about it, but people tipping anyway. That's kind of where I think we're at right now.
5: The rise of digital payment could also be a factor in the proliferation of tipping, and cash is no longer king.
6: Yeah, I think that's a big trend, people carrying less cash and, and also it's painful to part with cash. I, I actually think there's a lot of psychology behind digital tipping that could lead to people giving larger amounts.
5: Amid inflation concerns and a potential recession, where and when to leave a tip could stir up even more controversy going forward. Andrew Thomas, NTD News.
0: Good to have you back. Chicago's Field Museum has a new addition to its collection. It's the world's largest predatory dinosaur. And it's just in time for the summer crowd. today's Angela Moy has a story.
7: Chicago's Field Museum unveiled the world's largest predator dinosaur discovered so far, a Spinosaurus. Scientists believe it's a semi-aquatic predator that roamed in the rivers of northern Africa 95 million years ago. Matteo Fabri, the museum's researcher, explains the evidence. The teeth and the head are uh,
3: resembling the ones of modern crocodiles, but uh, also we know that the tail uh, was advantageous for swimming uh, underwater. Moreover, the skeleton uh, was very dense. It means that there was a lot of bone density that is used for buoyancy control uh, and therefore to go underwater as in modern animals uh, such as penguins,
7: crocodiles and uh, hippos. Ben Miller, the developer of the exhibition, says suspending the dinosaur 12 feet above the ground in a swimming post symbolizes its reign as a prehistoric river monster.
6: We think that this was a fish-eating animal that spent most of its time in the river. So you imagine something like a really big crocodile catching fish, hanging out in the river. um, That's what this thing would be spending its life doing.
7: The rear cast is 46 feet long and was built in Italy from fossils found in the Sahara Desert.
6: It's just this big, gnarly, cool dinosaur. That's why we have it at the entrance to the museum. We want to get people really pumped up and really excited about the natural world. Not just today, but uh, 95 million years ago when this thing was alive.
7: A group of kids admired the Spinosaurus. Nandy Field Ibosi, 8-year-old dinosaur enthusiast, was awestruck.
5: Oh my gosh!
1: That's what I was thinking. That's all I was thinking, basically. And then I was like, A
5: dinosaur! Right now, I have my eyes feast on a new dinosaur.
7: Second grader Hazel Krakenberg was inspired.
5: I really love dinosaurs, and I want to be a paleontologist when I grow up.
7: Chicago's Field Museum is the only place in the Western Hemisphere to see a Spinosaurus. Reporting by Angela Moy, NTD News, Chicago. And with the weather warming up, we're
0: moving on to another topic. What better time is there to celebrate today? It's National Chocolate Ice Cream Day.
1: That's right, and it's chocolate-flavored ice cream has been around in America for more than 100 years. It's the second most common flavor after vanilla. You can enjoy the
0: day with a chocolate ice cream cone
1: or sundae, maybe with some sprinkles, syrup, whipped cream, or
0: cookies. What do you say?
1: Uh, Well, you know, I don't eat chocolate, but I do like ice cream yes so i Yeah, do, I was
0: wondering if you would care about that day then
1: yeah a little bit of vanilla ice cream a la mode on a mm. cherry pie
0: oh yeah sure yeah switch it up a little bit yeah. i'd definitely go for like a classic gelato chocolate gelato wow oh dark chocolate gelato
1: it does sound 100% good 100
0: recommend yeah
1: you know i actually eat white chocolate and i made a oh. white chocolate peanut butter cup it was really so good. that
0: oh yeah because that doesn't have caffeine right that's a Bingo. reason All right. All right. Now you know, that's all for today's program. We'd love to hear from you at goodmorningnTD.com. At so write us there if you'd like. Thanks for watching. I'm Evelyn Lee.
1: And I'm Kevin Hogan.